at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Um, we got some news and updates to go on. As you can see, a little bit different bef- than be- usual. I'm in Alex's spot, and Alex is on the road. It's true. I'm I'm with Vrabel right now. He's he's obviously sleeping and, and getting ready for, you know, the week that is the 49ers, you know, and, and the Titans, the 49ers coming to town. So I mean, it's it's the 49ers coming to town, and it's it's me coming to town at Rables. So I mean, we're we're having a good time over here, though. It's uh, been interesting. Yeah, Merry Christmas from uh, Tennessee, apparently. Uh, apparently, for Alex. <laughs> but you know, the Niners get the big win, and Kyle Shanahan's big statements, Alex, are no celebration. We don't have time to celebrate. We've got to get straight to getting ready for Tennessee because this is a big football game, and I think he knows the importance of if they beat Tennessee. They can lock up a playoff spot, no doubt, with a win over the Houston Texans the following week and not have to count on a big win against the Rams. So Kyle Shannon is all business, and it seems like the players are following that sentiment and being all business as well. As they should be, right? They, they should be all business. He used check after the game, mentioned that as much. You know, Kyle basically already told us there is no celebrating this win. It's time to move on. It's time to right stay on track here, stay focused. This is a team that understands what it takes to get to a Super Bowl. This is a team that understands what it takes to be successful, right, and make that run. They did it in 2019. A lot of those pieces are still here. Uh, 2020 didn't go the way they wanted. 2021 started off that way, and now that it's on the right track, they're not going to let anything get in their way, and they're not going to let anything distract them, right? Take that eye off the prize. That's that's where their head's at right now, and I absolutely love every second of it. Mike Rabel, not as much, Ant. Uh, when I got here, he said, I hate your team. I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I get it. We're hot right now, but it is what it is. Um, did you get Did you get a chance to listen to any of the after the game interviews, um, especially the one where Kyle Juszczyk is talking about the aura surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> and that George Kittle said that at breakfast Jimmy looked like he was just there was something different about him that he was just locked in. I saw that one. That one was absolutely great from Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, just the, the talking about the aura because I've always jokingly brought up the aura, right? I've always talked about Jimmy had that aura in 2017. Just, he could do no wrong. Right. He's just that guy. So hearing Kyle say that, hearing George talking about it, it's like, okay. So I wasn't wrong about it. There is an aura of, around Jimmy. That's great. Um, but I enjoyed, I think, most of all was the the conversation about Brandon Ayuk that Alex Mack had where, where Alex Mack after Brandon Ayuk jumps off sides, right? Uh, Brandon Ayuk makes the big catch on the slant and totally redeems himself. <laughs> I just started busting when I saw that. This this team is just, they're gelling so well, man. Yeah, the fact that you went dumber and dumber, it, uh, dumber and <laughs> dumber is fantastic. Uh, yeah, wonderful. And it, it fits Alex Mack's personality to a T. Um, another thing that I wanted to bring up before we get into some of the other things was Tom Compton with a 95 PFF grade. Uh, Tom Compton, I knew he had a very, very good football game, but the fact that it's a 95, he's the highest graded 49er in this game. We talked a couple weeks ago about, are we sure Tom Compton isn't playing good? Because there was a lot of hate going Tom Compton's way, and we were kind of like, wait a second, 
I think Tom Compton's playing better than people are giving him credit for. He yeah, he had a couple of bad plays against the Seahawks, but over the overall, he's been playing very good. And maybe the 49ers and their coaching staff were actually onto something. And Compton is very capable of filling the role um left by Mike McGlinchey in the interim. Uh yeah. <laughs> just, it's just a yes, dude. He's playing out of his mind. He really is. Um, you know, I was really critical after that Seattle game. You actually had to talk me off the ledge after that Seattle game. I was convinced that those the two plays that I saw were, you know, not even necessarily the worst moments of that game, that they were just the, the culminations of his bad play. And then, you know, I told you, I went back and watched the film, stayed up late and was like, holy cow, no, Tom Compton's just, he's playing great. Like, he's playing fantastic. He's playing phenomenal. And he's been consistent, right? Kyle right. Shanahan, they, they made the decision for Compton because they know deep down they're a run first team. He's a phenomenal run blocking tackle right now. He's doing it at a very high level. Um, he's emulating a lot of the stuff that McGlinchey did. It is McGlinchey-esque. All the things he's doing in the run game is McGlinchey-esque. Um, and some of the pass blocking is McGlinchey-esque. But because the team is executing, because the team's hitting on things, Jimmy's completing passes at a ridiculous level. Brandon Ayuk has elevated. George Kittle has, you know, become that guy. And part of the reason George Kittle's become that guy is because of Debo Samuel's continual dominance both as a running back and as a wide receiver for the 49ers uh, it just makes tom tom's job easier because teams know the niners can run the ball down your throat if it's third and five if you're a football team you're not sitting there going the niners are passing you're sitting there going the niners could run here because if it's fourth and one they're just gonna run a quarterback sneak and pick up the yard you're just gonna do that yeah, exactly. It does make it more hard or more difficult um, to cover the 49ers in a third and manageable. So anything five and under, because there is the fear of them running the football and then going forward on fourth down. But there's also the fear they just get it on third down with a run play. Um, the fact that Debo Samuel looks like he's completely shot out of a cannon every time he gets the ball in the backfield. Uh, it's a different element that he adds to this run game, especially you lose Raheem Mostert and you think you're going to lose that explosiveness. Elijah Mitchell has some. But Debo Samuel's another level in Elijah Mitchell as far as that explosiveness. Um, and we've seen that in a big way. Um, there have there were some great PFF performers in this game, according to PFF. The usual suspects had great games, right? George Kittle, Nick Bosa, um, Eric Armstead, uh, Fred Warner. You had all the usual suspects. Then you had a one James Garoppolo um, showing up with an 88 on his PFF. So that's fantastic. So we had guys showing up on the PFF doing a great job. Now, one guy who didn't show up doing well on PFF but was great as one of the lower performers for the 49ers was actually a player, Alex, that me and you both think probably had one of his best games and has been playing out of his mind, and that's the Quisky Tart. Uh, yeah, he's been playing. Out of his mind might be an understatement, and he's also doing it, dude, banged up. He's not 100% healthy. You no, and I not don't even know close. That. Yeah. No, not even, not even a little bit. And and every every few games, not every game, but every few games, he goes out with something that's like, oh god, are we how long are we going to be without Tart? Or and and it's just he comes back like a drive or two later, and it's like, oh, well, all, all right then, I guess we're going to be fine. Um, and, and uh, I mean, this is why, right? This is why we always say you take PFF grades with a grain of salt because mm -hmm. you just you don't understand, you don't necessarily know how they're coming up with the, with the grades and the numbers. And it's, it, for us, it's a lot about eye tests. And, and seeing it in the game and seeing the translation. Jaquiski Tart was such a presence in that game that Zacchaeus wanted no part of that potential touchdown catch at the end of the end of the game that would have put the put the Falcons at least within an arm's reach distance of making that game competitive. 
Um, they wanted no part of dealing with Jaquiski Tart. They didn't want to catch on Jaquiski Tart. They don't want to operate over the middle of the field against Jaquiski Tart. Uh, and Matt Ryan had an opportunity to scramble into the end zone for a touchdown, and Tart made a big play. So I, 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 I don't know where these numbers come from. I don't know how they weigh things. Um, but I did enjoy Jaquiski Tart absolutely going off on them on Twitter um, and, and, you know, ripping on them. And, and also, I, there's probably a little dig at Cone in there, too, because Cone is consistently said because I don't create tur- because he doesn't create turnovers, he's not a playmaker, right? So there's always, there's always that little bit. Um, but I'm enjoying uh, Kwaski being vocal and just letting people have it and, and basically pulling no punches. It's, uh, this is my favorite version of Jaquiski Tart. I think it's funny because it was like a week or two ago, Jaquiski Tart went on Twitter and said, you know what, I'm tired of people on social media controlling the narrative for how I play. And I'm going to now establish what it is and who I am. And he went on there, and since then he's been very vocal. He's been not only retweeting, but he's been tweeting, and he's been letting everyone know how he feels. And you're right, that was a definite shot at Grant Cohn about the impact of turnovers because ask actually Jaquiski Tart cause turnovers by make, helping make those red zone stops. Those are as good as turnovers on those what? four down situations in the red zone. Hold on a second. And a turnover <laughs> on down is still a turnover? 100%. Yes, oh it is. Oh, my Lord almighty. And, you know, Tart was flying around making plays, and it's starting to be evident. Alex, and we've been talking about this for a few weeks. Not only is Jaquiski Tart one of the best safeties inside the box in run fits, but he's also the one of the better covered safeties in in the on the 49ers especially. And we've been on this thing about him and Huff, you know, who was getting snaps. And Grant Cohn took a shot at Jaquiski Tart and said it was because Huff was taking those snaps. Now you've got others like Rich Madrid, Splash Cousin, all those saying the same things that we're saying is, why is Huff on the field? Why is Jaquiski Tart not on the field? That they should start, they need to pay Tart, they need to bring him back because this play has really proven that him and Jimmy Ward not only are they a fantastic duo, but they're one of the better safety duos in the league, I think. Oh, agreed with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're a fan right now and you're watching this team and you've watched what they've been doing, right, people keep talking about the secondary being weak. It's not the secondary, folks. It's just the cornerback room. The cornerback room is where there's weakness. There is not a whole lot of weakness with our safeties. Um, you know, you can point out all you want at all the Green Bay game. Well, I hate to break it to you. The, the, the secondary, the, the safeties did enough until Tart wasn't healthy, right? When Talano Hufanga had to go on the field at the end of the game with the Lenore in a big clutch crucial situation, uh, they misplayed. They did, they did some things incorrectly, and that resulted in Green Bay being able to go down the field and get that field goal. That was two rookies out there, you know, just in the moment learning, learning on the fly. Um, you know who doesn't have to learn on the fly? Jaquiski Tart. Tart doesn't have to learn on the fly. Ward doesn't have to learn on the fly. They're, they're amazing in coverage, and they're fantastic in the run. Um, and they can do it all, right? You can flip them both in and out, back and forth, up and back, and you don't have to pick and choose which one you want where or try and hide one from the weaknesses. They, they play off of each other so well. It's like the perfect yin-yang combination back there. It really is. I mean, anytime that you – there's not a free safety and a strong safety situation with these two guys. It's literally a left and right. Um, you just play these guys however you want. You see D'Amico Ryan's – using all of their capabilities on every single snap. Um, I thought that was, I thought that what they did in this game, once again, um, this is a game where they were kind of noticed, right? Because we've had games where you haven't heard a lot from them. That's because, you know, like even the Bengals game, you didn't hear a lot from them, but that's because they were playing the too deep look. They were protecting the corners. In this game, they're up in the box, causing issues, getting after it, making big-time stops, 
you know, on Cordero Patterson, making sure he couldn't get going. Um, you had Marcel Harris lining up on, you know, on Pitts when he was lined up in the slot. But what you had is those guys close by taking him away. In fact, the Josh Norman throw that goes deep, that's because you see Jimmy Ward coming up to help take away, you know, Pitts again. They're trying to make sure that they have no issues with this. And these two safeties, as long as they're playing together, and there's a little concern about Tart. He went out with the, the low ankle sprain. Um, now, they did say that if he would have, if they would have had practice on Monday, he would have been able to go with a limited practice. So that's good news for his availability on Thursday. But I think that you're starting to see these guys get an attitude, right? You had Joe Staley talking about Jimmy Garoppolo now having an attitude in the way that he's playing, um, a swag. You got Jaquiski Tart jumping onto Twitter, letting everyone know, hey, I'm Kwaski, I'm, I'm the man, I'm going to let it. There's a certain swag that this team is building, and I think that's a good thing going into the playoffs. It's a great thing, man. It's it's a yeah. great thing because we, you and I both know, and I think a lot of the cutback crew knows already too. Um, if there's one thing in the entire, I don't want to say world, but at least in the NFC, um, is there's one team that is not wanted to be seen by anyone right now. It's the Niners. It's it's the San Francisco 49ers. Oh yeah, and you know what, Alex? One of the big topics that was on Face Off was about this quarter cornerback conundrum, um, because you have the injury to uh, Emmanuel Mosley. And then you have, you know, you have Josh Norman doing his his tug and pulls type holding calls that he gets every single game, even though two weeks in a row, nothing from him. Um, but then you've got the questions on the other side because you had, you, we thought it was going to be Dante Johnson. He suffers the unfortunate family loss. And then you have Guillermo Lenore, um, who had opportunities, but now they've went to Omri Thomas. Kyle Shanahan, we're always hopeful that we're going to get Emmanuel Mosley back here pretty soon. And we're hoping we're going to get him back by the Texans. That is not going to be the case. According to Kyle Shanahan, it might not be until the playoffs. Is that a big-time concern? Can the 49ers win enough football games without Emmanuel Mosley to be able to make sure they secure this playoff trip and secure a seed that they ultimately want to get? Yes. It, it, that, that, was, that was very convincing. Well, here's the thing, right? It's, right now you're playing, you're playing with fire, with Omri Thompson. Right. You really, truly are. Uh, last week, not a lot of issues with the wide receiving core for the uh, for the Falcons, so it's not the at the end of the world. Um, but he held up pretty well the week before with a lot of young, talented receivers. I know there was a couple of you know, deep balls and shots of Jamar Chase, but Jamar Chase is really, really special for a rookie at the, at the wide receiver position. Just in general, as a rookie, he's just special. Um, I, it's hard to say because you don't really know yet what's going on with Tennessee. Right? What is Julio's status? Is AJ Brown playing? If those two aren't on the field, you can get away with at least next week. And in theory, the Texans aren't that good either. And Kyle did say that there's a chance, right, for the Rams game. He said that there was a possibility. Um, he said that, you know, it's an option. Um, but he said that he also wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't until playoffs that he was available. The Rams one is is a definite concern, but I think I think with the question marks with the Texans, the, the question marks with the Tennessee Titans, the receiver position, I feel pretty comfortable that you can win two, then at least two of those, like comfortably win two of those. I, I, I'm not really that that worried about it with the with the cornerback position, and part of it is because of the inconsistent play from the old lines of the two teams that we got coming up. Um, I know Tennessee, Taylor the one has been an absolute monster for them, but he's been up and down this season, and the rest of their line has been shaky at best. The Texans are dealing with a very similar situation and issue as well with their O line. It's just not necessarily the greatest thing in the world. So it's uh, it's just I, I'm I have I have faith in Nico Ryan. Let's just put it that way. 
faith in Danico Ryan's. How much longer can we get away with it, though? That's that's a big question. Uh, yeah, big questions also about the running back position for the Titans. Um, and if the running back position is a little weakened and they're going to go with McNichols, um, then you have a situation where maybe the safeties don't have to play in the box. You can play those safeties over the top. I think the perfect situation for the 49ers is like you just laid out. No A.J. Brown, no Julio. Um, and then also have McNichols playing the bulk of the snaps. And if that's the case, those safeties can give help to those cornerbacks and we could get by with another week because I don't think anyone is really super worried about Michael Pruitt being the one that beats these safeties or these linebackers if he gets into one-on-one situations. What? You, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. I mean, he can block, at least. Hey, he's, he's doing really good in the, in the blocking front and aspect. We've been impressed when we've watched the All-22 yeah. films. It looks solid. Um, you know, Vrabel actually thanked me when we got here. That was the other thing he did was said, thank oh, you yeah. for you guys not putting him on the active roster. It makes sense. You know, it helped us out a lot. We appreciate it. Um, so th- there's that. I mean, look, I, it's one of those things, right? I mean, Moses, we feel really good about him out there. I mean, we yeah. we both like him a lot. We've been saying this since before the year started that if, you know, that E-Man was the man for the job, um, you know, having him and Verrett, you know, was a really good situation. As long as they're healthy, we're fine. You lose Verrett, it's like, okay, well, at least we got E-Man. Josh Norman's been Josh Norman. There's good, there's bad. And then there's Josh Norman. So, you know, right. there's, there's, always, there's always all of that stuff there with it. But, uh, no, it'll be it'll be interesting. I obviously, if, if we can get Mosley back though by the Rams, that would be huge. That would be a hundred percent huge because I think we can get through the next two without. Yeah, I think I have a, a little bit of a question about these corners matching up with like a Brandon Cooks, for instance. I'm yeah. a little bit concerned about that speed against both of those guys because neither one of those guys are exactly burners. Um, uh, so I do fair. I do worry about that sort of matchup, but it is a bad offensive line with a rookie quarterback. I think we can overcome that. Uh, but, yeah, I think there are some questions. But, Alex, there's more player updates, right? I mean, more, more oh, 49ers, tons. tons of stuff um, that the 49ers are getting into. And so I figure well, let's get into those now. Absolutely. So, first and foremost, I know we had um, an update on – oh, man, who, where was this? Where was this asset? I was just seeing this. Uh, Dante Johnson, I know he served as kind of a replacement, but he's looking like he's trending towards being good to go. Um, and okay. that everything is going to be a okay yeah. there. So that's great news for the 49ers because if that's the case, then you know, m- I think you and I both feel more comfortable with a Dante Johnson than we would, uh, you know, an Ombre Thomas or potentially Diamondor Lenore, which is also, you know, it's just depth, right? It's always depth is always important for the 49ers right now, especially with all the injuries that they have been, I don't want to say having, but definitely dealing with is the right way to put it. Yeah, there. I mean, that, exactly right. They're de- they're dealing with some injuries. Um, their choices at corner, I mean, they're pretty simple. But it appeared that Dante Johnson was the one they were going to roll with uh, before the family emergency, you know, and before he right. left. Um, they were going to roll with him. And I thought the reason was how good he played before that happened. He went into that game, and he played good enough that you didn't even really hear anything from his side. Like, he did a good job against Seattle. And that's against Tyler Lockett. That's against DK Metcalf. Um, he wasn't the one that got beat. It was Lockett, you know, on Norman. Um, those were the situations where uh, DJ is felt felt like Dante Johnson was doing a good job, and he's been doing good in the nickel all year when he's been asked to, you know, and tasked with that or the dime, um, depending on situation. But I think he does make a lot of sense. So him being back 100% with the team, completely locked in is big. I don't know, you know, what is the case if he's going to have to leave again, you know, with, for the funeral and that sort of thing. Um, I I don't know what what all that's going to be or if that's going to happen after. 
holidays. It's it's an interesting thing now with you know with deaths in the family and how long it takes for the funerals to happen. So we don't know when that's going to be ultimately. Um, but whenever that needs to happen, you know, he needs to be with his family and such. But um, it's a big decision. It's a big decision. And I think in a perfect world, I think right now, what from what we have on our roster, me and you both think it's Dante Johnson. Um, I think some people would argue they were ready to roll with Ombre Thomas. I've seen a lot of support for Ombre Thomas being in the right positions for most of the game, just not being able to have the ball skills to make the plays. I think that is a good argument. However, when you're in the playoffs and when you're in the end of these football games, these are like playoff games, you have to have the ball skills to make those plays. Yeah, you you can't afford to not have the ball skills. You have to have the ball skills. So this is what I mean. It's like a short-term thing, right? This is a short-term thing where it's this week and maybe next week and there's no A.J. Brown or no Julio Jones. I I feel a little bit better about it. Um, But, yeah, no, Dante Johnson would definitely be the best option there. I agree with you there. Uh, Talanoa Hufanga, there was a little bit of an update. He's dealing with a knee sprain. Uh, so the team's going to kind of evaluate that as the week goes on. Um, I know Kyle said he was holding out hope for him on Thursday, but uh, I think you and I both agree that anytime Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan says holding out hope or outside shot, uh, it means he's not playing. Yeah, he's not playing. I think our our best chance to see him again would be the Texans, but more than likely um, the Rams. And depending on what happens with Tavon Wilson, because Alex, I didn't know that, but number 30 is a different Wilson. That's not Tavon. That wasn't Tavon Wilson? That wasn't Tavon Wilson. Tavon Wilson's on the IR. <laughs> what in the world? Yeah, it's a different one. That's why Tavon Wilson's 32. That's why I was surprised to see him. So it wasn't Tavon Wilson. It's a different Wilson. So the they're hopeful that Tavon Wilson can come back, but they're not sure. So we are definite weekend in the safety, safety room without Talano Hufanga. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this changes so many things to that week. I felt so comfortable when I saw Wilson, a Wilson out there. I was like, oh, we're good. Tavon Wilson. Hey, if Tar's got to miss like the rest of the game, it's the Falcons. Tavon Wilson can handle this. We're good. Oh, man. I got, I'm having panic attacks now. Nobody well, tell. I thought I heard Rabel coming down the hall. We're fine. <laughs> hey, well, you know what, Alex, too? The other thought process is they were talking about uh, Dante Johnson was learning safety and playing safety in practice leading up to the Seattle Seahawks game. Could it be, in fact, that maybe Dante Johnson is tasked with some of that? responsibility as well because you have Tart dealing with the ankle right you're gonna have to have that depth um they're gonna have to elevate someone from the practice squad i mean there's no tony jefferson he's gone i mean the safety room is kind of up in the air unless you have ward and tart that can get the get it done uh that's gonna be interesting does this open the door for breland now if you're been working dante johnson out of safety does this open the door for breland depth i don't know i i mean i just don't know if you want to bring you know if you want to pay that money to bring him in. I mean, I think if I was them, I would make a phone call, see what he's looking for, maybe even get a workout in. Um, in a perfect world, you'd, like you said, we'd sign him to the practice squad. I know you said that on the episode, you know, the, the recap. Yeah. Or I mean, I'm sorry, I think it was maybe on Face Off. Um, you want to bring him in, in in that situation. Um, practice squad, because it's cheaper. You, have the, you, can, you can protect him. You can elevate him for a couple games. And then if you need to, you can just wash your hands of him. Um, but you know what? I, I honestly don't know, but there are some big time questions. How comfortable are they with these um, cornerback rumor? Like some people have said in our comment section, you know, how arrogant are they to believe that they can overcome this cornerback position with this pass rush, even as bad as the cornerbacks have, you know, played off and on to the season? I mean, are 40 there fans surprised by this? This is the same thing in 2019, right? I mean, 2019 was a Richard Sherman who was coming off the Achilles, but was having a good year was putting together a, a phenomenal season, but he had a lot of, we'll just say holes, holes in his game, right? He had a lot of areas that he could be exploited. 
Um, and you had a, a young Emmanuel Mosley, Emmanuel Mosley that was still coming into his own, still like you know coming into who he was going to be and who he thought he could be. He was still young, untested, and Akilah Witherspoon was the guy that they were rolling with as well part of that season. They really didn't have a set, you know, cornerback two sort of situation um, right. for the 49ers. You know that they they rolled the dice in 2019, got to a Super Bowl, almost got it done. So if you have the right guys, this is definitely something you can take a chance on. Um, I wouldn't call it arrogance so much as right. You got to pick and choose. You can't. You can't have it all. You can't have every piece available. You can't. You can't be deep everywhere. You can't have stars everywhere. Um, it's. It's just not. That's not how it works. It's not how it works in the league anymore. The, the salary cap. You know this. This new era of how they play. Pay players and things of that nature. It's. You know. It's. It's very rare that you put that kind of roster together. I think one way, especially that Breland can come in, is if they don't think Emmanuel Mosley's ready to go by the first week of the playoffs, or if there's even a chance that he wouldn't be ready to go in the wild card round. You need to bring someone in. Um, you don't want to be playing Arizona, you know, or Dallas, you know, or uh, Green Bay or Tampa Bay, any of them with their wide receiver groups with Omri Thomas out there against Mike Evans, you know, or or any of these other guys. It would just be a bad situation. Uh, so. That if that is the case, then bring Breland in. I'm I'm good with that. If he's not going to be ready by wild card, hello Bashad Breland. Just don't the, yell at any coaches. Just, no, just not yell at coaches. No, no coach yelling, please. Uh, you talked yeah. about Tart. He's kind of day to day. Shane has said uh, Bosa is being evaluated. They're checking on him again. Um, they were going to check on him today when he came in. I hadn't seen any updates, but he can he cleared concussion protocol during the game. Seems like he cleared it afterwards. Seems like he's cleared it today because I haven't seen anything else that has been reported as such. So yeah. we'll see what happens at practice today. Um, and then running back Elijah Mitchell and linebacker Aziz Al-Shair. And they're hoping, they're holding out hope that they're going to be good to go for Thursday, which probably means that we're not going to have either on Thursday. I guess the good news is is that the, the running back room for the Tennessee Titans is completely depleted with a lot of the injuries that they've had, whether it's Derrick Henry and now Deontay Foreman dealing with some stuff, although he didn't come back in the game, so we'll see where he's at. Um that's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean the the running back room is basically going to be Jeff Wilson Jr., Debo Samuel, and Jamichael Hasty. Um that's what it's going to be. Th- those are the guys that are going to roll out there. And I think it's good enough you know, to go ahead and be able to compete with the Tennessee Titans. Would I love to have Elijah Mitchell? Yes. Um, but whenever you have Debo Samuel as a part of that running back room, per se, um, you have the dynamic ability to be able to do all the explosive plays that you need from that position. So I'm less worried when Debo is available. When Debo's not available, I'm completely worried about the running back position without Elijah Mitchell. Um, so I think that I think they can get through this. And if so, that gives them a week and a half to get him ready for the Texans which could be a, you know, a playoff ceiling victory. So that could be a big, a big thing. Plus, you just want Elijah Mitchell ready to go when you get to the wild card. You don't want to have to count on Debo Samuel to get, you know, more carries than he should. Even though Kyle will do whatever is necessary to win. Um, so I would say that's a that's not that big of a worry. And then I think that the way Marcel Harris played and Flanagan Fowles played this last week, I think we can get by without Al Shire. I don't expect to see Greenlaw until the playoffs or at least the Rams. Um, But Al Shire, I think we can get by one more week as well. Um, Only because they don't have Derrick Henry. You know, they're having some running back issues. Um, McNichols, to me, the quicker, faster linebacker in that game, I think we will be okay with that. Our run fits from our defensive linemen have been fantastic. I agree with you on that. I I, I a thousand percent agree with you on that. I I think, I think we're forward. The Niners are 
they're getting hot at the right time, man, and they're getting lucky at the right time. It felt like early in the season, no breaks, like absolutely no breaks at all whatsoever. Uh, and now, you know, guys are going down and getting hurt, but we're playing and going up against teams that it kind of doesn't affect us too much. It shouldn't impact us too much. Um, you know, McNichols isn't even – and McNichols is a guy that they've been relying on, but he's really ceded a lot of the carries to, to Foreman. And Foreman is not the speedy guy. He's the bruising guy. He's, he's more of a – more akin to a, a Derrick Henry-type runner, except without yeah. all the Derrick Henry-esque traits. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I feel good about Foles. He fouls – fouls, excuse me. He's definitely improved, and we, we've seen it consistently from him. Marcel Harris has definitely gotten better each and every week throughout the season. Um, if, if Fred's going to beat the guy we saw this this last this last Sunday, um, I thought I, like we personally, both of us here, think he's been playing great all season. And Sunday was the elevation to, you know, taking it just taking it up a notch, like another level. Um, but he's been that guy making plays all season for this team. Having Aziz would be nice, but if you're Kyle Shanahan, right, you feel like you can get this done this week, hopefully without him. So you let him rest, get him a little bit closer to being healthy. And after the performance Jeff Wilson Jr. just put out there, um, 100-yard rushing games, he can do it. He can get it done. You scheme it up right, and he can keep completing passes the way he is. You soften up the defense a little bit. Uh, you should be able to get those kind of performances from him. And if you can, then you don't have to rush Elijah Mitchell back. So I, I think I think we can be okay. I think it's not the end of the world. Um, it, should be, it, it would just be nice having those guys yeah. out there. It makes everything a little bit easier. Yeah, and you have you know no no full practices this week, so everything's going to be partial. We'll see if any of these guys come back during the week. There's always that possibility, and sure. if they do, I mean that's just a big boost for the 49ers overall. Um, and you know overall, the big talk has been about this defensive line as well. And luckily, the defensive line came out of the game pretty much unscathed, except for Nick Bosa, but it appears he's okay. Uh, so that's good news because those guys sure do mask a lot of things. Uh, they they your your run fits are really easy. When Eric Armstead is eating up triple teams, uh, when DJ Jones is singled up and blowing through the backfield as the ball's being snapped, when Jordan Willis is coming off the edge untouched, Ant, when uh, Kentavious Street and, and Kevin Givens are making guys look like they've never played in the league before, despite the fact that they were both undrafted gentlemen. I mean, it's it's uh, it's very it's nice. The, the D line makes everything better. Chris Kisarek is. I said it. I said it on the reaction show, and I'll say it again. And I tweeted it, tweeted it out to you after the, the account tweeted, retweeted one of my tweets about him. Uh, he's goaded at this point. He is absolutely goaded with what he's done with this D line. Man. He is. He has this group playing at a phenomenal level, and uh, it makes everybody's jobs easier. And I'll tell you what, as a 49ers fan, I couldn't be any more thankful to Chris Kisarek. So thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Please keep letting this D line play at that level. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the defensive line is driving the defense. D'Amico Ryans is coming up with fantastic game plans. That's part of the reason I have confidence they can overcome the injuries and the question marks that they have because it seems like every single week they find a way to get it done. You know, they, they find a way to get just enough um, to stop, you know, the players just enough. And they had a really good performance this last week. Can they do that against the Titans? I don't know. That's going to be a big one. Um, but one thing that's going to help them get it done is the fact that the 49ers have a quarterback that's playing at a very high level with Jimmy Garoppolo being the only quarterback over the last eight weeks to have eight straight games of over a hundred um, in the you know quarterback rating. So, I mean, that is, that's absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, George Kittle's not lying, folks. The aura is back. It is there. 
I'm just glad that everyone else is seeing. I'm glad I'm not a crazy person. And I remember saying that and people being like, aura, there's no aura. It's just, it's the stink coming off of Jimmy Garoppolo because he stinks so bad. And it's like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure it's golden. It's not like, it's not brown. I'm not seeing the squiggly lines. There's no flies. He's just, he's just glorious. They're just hating it. They're just hating because he's such a good looking gentleman, right? He's just so, so debonair and suave. Well, we, we do have the, the, the lady that was in uh, Big Yikes. I was just upset about how attractive he was. Um, you know, I, I don't care can't, that you're good looking. Can't win that he can't win because he's pretty. That doesn't yeah, you can't win because you're pretty. Yeah, hundred percent. I, 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 I have to be honest. We didn't say it on Big Yikes, but I have to disagree. If a, if a defender gets caught in in Jimmy Garoppolo's gaze and gets frozen in place because you know the eyes and the chin line is just so magnificent, chiseled, and they just don't move, and then Jimmy drops a dime because of it, I'd say that pretty can win you some football games. It's a chance. Yeah, I think it's interesting because uh, on Faceoff, Jay Hill talked about the fact that Aaron Rodgers has been playing better than any quarterback in the league right now. You know who's only had five games with a you know quarterback rating over 100? Is his name Aaron, Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers. Oh, yeah, and he's okay. the next closest to Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, there you go. Yeah, Jimmy's <laughs> playing at a high level right now. And as long as Jimmy's playing at a high level and doesn't turn the ball over, the 49ers are hard to beat. Extremely hard to beat. Even when the Niners turn the ball over, if it's not Jimmy that's turning it over, it, it it's it's different right because there's a different it's almost like a different air when when jimmy when jimmy blunders right it feels like it's very deflating for the team because i think they just have so much confidence in that he makes mistakes at times it has it feels like it's a bigger impact than when other guys did for some reason i don't know what it is even like the hasty fumble like hasty fumbled and the defense came up with a big stop the niners held him to three after you know getting a little bit of room uh, and then Jimmy Garoppolo does his thing, goes down the field, and it's like a, it's like the Jermichael Hasty fumble never happened. It doesn't, doesn't exist. It, it never occurred. Jermichael Hasty's like sitting there going, thank you, defense. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, speaking of that, when they got the stop, did you hear Jeff Wilson Jr. almost got hurt? Celebratory no, injury. Yeah, you know, the, Shanahan th- said there was a scare. Um, I believe Jeff Wilson Jr. said it was just a little bit of a pileup. Or that's kind of how he, how he described it. But yeah, he ends up being okay. But yeah, he almost got Ted Ginn and got injured in in a, celebra- a celebration like that. Oh, yeah, that's 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 not. I don't want to. I didn't want to hear that. But you know, Jeff Wilson's going to be extra careful now. He's going to be extra careful the rest of the way. Did you also see that uh, George Kittle, Trent Williams, Kyle Yushek? I think I think I think that's. Oh, is that? Yeah, I think that's it. I think those guys finished at the top of their Pro Bowl voting. So Trent Williams went from eighth in the NFC to number one. Wow. Yeah, the 49ers, so, 49ers players were number one overall. Like, we had got the most votes, you know, as a complete is, team. Yeah, yeah so that, that's good news. Well done. Trent Williams deserved it. I'm glad there was a push for him to get in there. Kyle Juszczyk deserves to be in there. George Kittle deserves to be in there. Um, so I'm glad that people pushed for that because that needed to happen. Faithful, you did it. I mean, it's all you. It's all on the faithful cutback crew. Anyone that was out voting. Uh, way to go because you pushed our guys to the top. And I, and if there are three guys, technically four, if you include Fred Warner in this category, that deserve to be near the top in every category of positions, it's those guys. Kyle Juszczyk, Trent Williams, and George Kittle, and Fred Warner. Those guys are absolutely phenomenal. And Debo finished one, too, and he should. He should. Based on everything he's done this year, he's been phenomenal. Well, yeah, and a bunch of those guys are going to get all pro nods as well. Um, and they're all playing out of their mind all at the same time. And that that's... That's what the 49ers needed. That's what turns it around when you get everyone executing and these guys playing out of their minds. It's been it's been fantastic to watch. Um, Kyle Shannon, a little bit down on Jawan Jennings, actually. 
uh, saying really? Juwan Jennings had had a bad game because he had three drops, according well, to him. I mean, and he did. I think he, I, I know for sure he had two. But does anyone surprise that Kyle Shanahan is upset about drops at wide receivers? I mean, he played wide out. He's very hard on the wide receivers. Um, if 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 he wasn't down on Jawan Jennings after this game, Brandon Ayuk would be the locker room going, "Are you for real? Yeah, <laughs> are you kidding me right now, Kyle? This, this well, is what we're doing." Well, it's funny, right? Is he's he's down on Jawan Jennings, yet he schemes up the play on third down for Jawan Jennings, schemes up the touchdown throw for Jawan Jennings. Uh, down enough to get him the rock when it really counts, knowing that he's going to come through when it matters. So I thought that was nice. Uh, right. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, actions speak louder than words. The words are there just as a reminder to Juwan. Hey, listen, you did the things I wanted to, and I trusted you in certain situations, and you did come up with big plays, but uh, no more of those other things on those other plays where I also did the same exact thing and you let me down. It's just a little, just a little reminder for him. It's just it's, it's that little it's a little pinch right on the back of the arm. Just like, you know, hey, wake up a little bit, guy. Keep keep playing at the level that you've been playing at and let me uh, let me trust you. Yeah, as Kyle said uh, about Jimmy Garoppolo, he gives him soft compliments. Soft compliments. Is soft glorious. compliments, yeah. So uh, he doesn't go out there and praise his player. He gives soft compliments. Smart. It's a good, it's a good call. Just a good play, man. <laughs> Kyle oh, Shanahan good. makes me crack up, man. With the way he handles things, fun. <laughs> Whether it's the snigger in the pressers or uh, just the little witty remarks, or I think in the post game presser, someone I forget what the question was, but he started to answer. He said, "Oh man, this is terrible. You guys are gonna hate this answer. It's not a good. It's not even a good answer. Just like, dude, you're so funny. Just, just stop it. Just knock it off. It's all good. Who cares? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, absolutely, absolutely glorious. But look, cutback room. Let us know what you thought about all of this. How excited are you about mm-hmm. the, all the Pro Bowl potential nominations and, and nods? Jaquiski Tart, just being that guy, taking basically it's no holds barred now on everybody. PFF, Grant Tone, the whole shebang. He's going to let everyone know about <laughs> it. Are you worried about Emmanuel Mosley? Uh, let us know in the comment section down below. And while you're commenting, away, don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Hit that notification bell as well. And we are notified for all of the incredible content this week, which is uh, extremely front-loaded, and well, it pretty much has to be, considering the week is completely front-loaded um, with Christmas coming at the end, not to mention the fact that we have the Thursday night football game. Um, so, yeah, you know, game game preview show is going to be coming out, you know, tomorrow. So that's going to be coming out a little bit earlier than normal. That's a Wednesday game preview show. Um, and that's kind of when you're getting your, your frenzy as well. Um, so everyone pay attention for, you know, the Madden simulation and know your opponent and all that good stuff. It's going to be great. And then we're going to have the game plan video come out on game day. Looking forward to all of that, Ant. Looking forward to spending some more time with uh, good old Mike. And the Cutback crew has been voting as well. So, you know, head over to the community page if you want to see me and Mike doing some stuff. Um, I didn't tell him about the potential stealing of the game plan, which seems to getting that seems to be getting the most votes, and I don't know why. It's yeah. almost like, you know, people want me to do something bad and get kicked out of Rabel's house. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what I can come up with. We'll see if there's there's anything that I can do. Uh, but no, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun week here from. Tennessee. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a, we're going to have a blast. And uh, dude, I'm looking forward to this Thursday night game. And obviously Christmas. Christmas is always a, one of the most happiest times of the year. Yeah. And I'm hoping the 49ers can make it really happy by moving one step closer to being officially in the playoffs. Um, I know there's a couple of things that need to happen along the way, but if they win this one and win against the Texans, it is a foregone conclusion that the San Francisco 49ers will make the playoffs. 
And that's what I want. And I would love to be able to enjoy Christmas with back-to-back wins and the 49ers on the brink with only the Houston Texans standing in their way of getting to the playoffs. We're this close, man. Yeah. We're this close on the 49ers cutback. And the 49ers making the playoffs and us having playoff content. I'm excited. excited. I can't wait. Yeah, January, meaningful January football for the 49ers cutback, meaning January football for the 49ers. That's what we need in our lives, Alex. Thousand percent. <laughs> Thousand percent. I don't even, only, there's not even, a, I don't even know if there's a number high enough, man. Infinity's not enough to explain how, how much this is needed for this team. Not so much for this channel, but mostly for this team, man. <laughs> for the mostly, team, the, yeah. mostly for this team. This team needs this after everything that's happened this year, everything they've been through. Um, you know, the way they fought through this, the way Kyle Shanahan is, is, maneuvered all of the nonsensical speak that has been out there and all the people pushing ridiculous narratives. Um, this team now being able to just really stick it to everybody and just show why they are, they, they are this team, why Kyle Shanahan was extended, why John Lynch was extended, and why all these guys got the big contract extensions. I remember, and it felt like only yesterday, 49ers fans were complaining about Trent Williams and his contract extension. It felt like it was just yesterday, and that this was happening, you know, PFF yeah. before the season, giving Kyle Juszczyk's, uh, it wasn't PFF, it was over the cap, giving Kyle Juszczyk's contract an F, an F grade. Yeah, an F, folks. I mean, this is, people have been docking this team every chance that they can get. They, Everyone loves to see the 49ers struggle, Raiders fans especially, who have really nothing right now to enjoy at all. It's, everything sucks for them. Their team has not been playing very well. And so now I'm seeing Raiders fans pop up in our comment section and on Facebook groups and on my Twitter feed for whatever reason. Niners suck. And it's like, dude, just stop. I get it. Your team's terrible. You hate our team. But there's, there's just that's just not the reality right now. The Niners are red hot. They're one of the hottest teams in football. And let's hope they can keep this thing going Thursday. Oh, yeah. And they, they've quieted down a lot of the, a lot of the naysayers. Um, they're flowing. They're they're getting it going, and they still have the potential to win double digit games this season. Not to mention, they could even possibly win the division if things go their way. It's absolutely anything goes right now at the end of the season. It's an exciting time to be a 49ers fan. Meaningful games in December, hopefully meaningful games in January. And as long as that is the case, I'm excited about what this team can do in the future. Stoked about what this team can do in the future. I can't wait to see it and cut that crew. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. I think we we both we both can say that with 100% certainty. So we'll see you on the next one. And until then, stay safe. And remember the right way. Is always, Is always the, 49ers. the 49ers way. Good.